Money Sense is brought to you by the Ellen Becker Investment Group, three-time recipient of the Better Business Bureau's Torch Award for business ethics and integrity. The Ellen Becker Investment Group is the only Wisconsin investment company to receive this prestigious award more than once by providing exceptional planning and extraordinary service each and every day. Go to ellenbecker.com. Listen to Money Sun Saturdays at 2 p.m. and Sundays at noon. Welcome to Money Sense. I'm Karen Ellenbecker, the founder and senior wealth advisor for the Ellenbecker Investment Group. We're located in Pewaukee, just east of Highway 164 and Capitol Drive. We're in that great big beautiful town bank building. We're also in the village of Whitefish Bay in the Equitable Bank building, which is directly across from Winkies. We also are able to serve our clients in Bonita Springs, Florida. And today I have a very special guest. Of course, you know, if you've been listening all these years, you know, I always say all these special guests that I have, and particularly when I'm, you know, talking about a subject that I am so personally um, interested in. And just recently, you know, I've been getting all these memories on Facebook that say you've, you know, seven years ago, four years ago, and it shows a picture of something. And all of a sudden, I realized that time has just gone by so quickly. And my children have grown up, my grandchildren have grown up, my grandchildren are of children. And I'm starting to think, oh, my goodness, you know, is my estate plan really um, still identifying the things that are most important to me, my wishes and my dreams and what I want to do and protect my family also contribute to my community. And so I've recently just started to revisit my own personal estate plan. I've moved and my net worth has changed and, you know, things are different and it isn't one of those things like a turkey that you can set and forget. It's something that you really need to visit. And so I have asked David Eady, who is an author, he's a speaker, he also is a financial planner to join us today to talk about a subject that I think sometimes is well overlooked. And, um, and I think it's something that, you know, we all should be just really seriously considering. So David, thank you so much for joining me. Karen, it's a pleasure to be here. I thank you for having me. So I guess, how did you get involved in it? You and I had an opportunity to talk before the show, and you said to me, we're on the same page. (laughs) Absolutely. How I came about is how I wrote my book, and it came about because of, um, it took me seven years, 10 court appearances, and $50,000 to settle my parents' estate, and they had a will. And every time I would talk about with, um, with friends and clients what I was going through that time, Um, I'd hear about one more executor who was um, having problems with the family, or I'd hear about one other family that had broken up. So I made it my mission, and I did it during the pandemic, couldn't go anywhere. So I decided to write the book, um, because I didn't want anybody else to have to go through what I did. Uh, So I wrote the book, Executor Help, How to Settle an Estate, Pick an Executor, and Avoid Family Fights. And um, it's done very well, and I I've had people, you know, reach out to me on my website, um, tell me their problems because it's a problem that a lot of people don't talk about. When we were talking about before the show about, you know, the importance of having an estate plan, your uh, clientele is is probably further ahead than most Americans because 70% of Americans don't even have an estate or a plan or a will or healthcare directives. And you, by taking your clients to another level, they're starting further ahead than a lot of uh, uh, advisors will, you know, just take on clients, and they're not looking at the whole picture of having an estate plan. 
You know, I'm always amazed at how many people will say to me, I don't know if I have enough money to have an estate plan or a trust. And of course, we all know that we all actually do have an estate plan. We either have one that we put in place or one that the government puts in place for us, because ultimately at our at our death, somebody has to determine what to do with our investments. But so often, you know, people think that, I mean, they're really just too busy and, and they don't want to take the time to do it. And yet they've worked so hard to take care of and protect their assets. And often a client will say to me, well, this is all about my, my wife. It's all about my kids. And I'll say, but you don't have a plan in place if something happens. And I don't think that anybody ever just stops long enough, pauses long enough to really understand what happens if you haven't made those decisions yourself. Yeah, it's it it comes back down to um, having conversations. But I think the important thing is, is that the reason why you want to have those conversations is that you want to leave a legacy, but you don't want to leave a legacy and, and a mess. So a lot of people either avoid the conversation or do anything about it. They procrastinate or they're apathetic. They say, oh, I'm going to be dead. And it's not going to be my problem. But you can't take that point of view because by you not having a proper estate plan and having things organized, having the conversations, you're actually going to leave your family. Yes, they're going to be grieving for you, but you're, you're leaving them disorganized and you're going to leave them in chaos. By having your estate plan set up properly with healthcare directives, you're probably giving the greatest gift of love that you give to them going forward because you're making sure that the family is going to be able to progress or go on without you. They're going to be you know, lost, but why might it so difficult on them without having a proper plan? I was just happened to be talking to someone at dinner last night, and I mentioned that I was doing a show today on estate planning, and we were talking about how important it was, and they actually did not have an estate plan, and they were telling me about a friend of theirs who the mother, they had a family cottage, and they left the cottage to one brother and said, share with everybody, and not one of the families talking to each other anymore. Yeah. And it's, it's the things that we do out of love, we think, that actually end up destroying and tearing apart and, and having a reverse effect as to what we really wanted to happen. And that's why the conversation came up. They, because they saw something bad happen in another family, it made them think about, boy, maybe I should do something. But I would hate to have to have that happen. It would be so nice if our listeners would be proactive and do it before something happens or before they see something happens to a friend or something that happened to your family. Absolutely. And, and again, that's how I ended up with uh, my book being written. You know, there's, there's three types of families. There's a family that's going to ignore the situation. Look, what we're talking about, estate planning, trusts and wills, it's not a sexy topic. No one wants to talk about it. And that's where we have the, you know, people avoiding the topic. They think if they're going to talk about it, something's going to happen and they're going to die. Then there's the family who has a will, but they don't let anybody know what's in it. And they hope that the paperwork and the advisors will take care of everything once they're gone. And that's where you lead into the problem of like the individual with the cottage. Um, and then there's the third family who has the conversations they prepared the, the family um, that they'd leave a legacy and the generational wealth and the family is well prepared because they've had conversations. They had conversations with the executor to provide them with, you know, let them understand what the responsibility entails. And then there's also um, the family knows 
what the wishes are of the testator, uh, the person who's written, uh, who's written the will, what their, their wishes are, and they know that in advance. So there's going to be no ambiguity. There's not going to be any confusion. There should be no arguments because everybody knows what's going to happen when this situation uh, arises. And it's going to happen to all of us. Spoiler alert, we're all going to die. Well, and I, you know, I have to just mention that our lives continue to change and our situations change and the tax laws change. And, you know, those are the, the things that people can really consider when they're thinking about having a plan or not having a plan. And I know for you, you had to spend all that time and all that financial money to settle the estate, but it also takes away from spending the time with the people you love. It's almost like so many people end up like turtles on their back. They don't know what to do and they don't know who to trust. They don't have advisors. They don't have things in place. And we always say at our office, are your advisors referable? Would you refer them to your children? Because when you pass away, part of your legacy is the people that you're working with. And you want to make sure that they're good. And you want to make sure that they're really going to lead your family down the right path. Yeah. And, and I mentioned that in the book, when you're as an executor, or you're preparing an executor, you want to make sure that they have a, a, a team of experts to help them out. So one of them will be a lawyer, an accountant, and a financial advisor. So you want to make sure they're referable, and also the, the executor might have a relationship with them so that they know if something was to happen, that they're going to help them have the estate be settled as quickly, as easy as possible, and, and the least amount of burden on the family. So my guest today is David Eady, and he is an author, and he is a speaker, and he has written a wonderful book that helps people and families to really plan. And David, your book is? Executor Help, How to Settle an Estate, Pick an Executor, and Avoid Family Fights. And, you know, the one thing that we work so hard for, I know, as a, a mom and a grandma, is to have our family have be close. And the last thing that we want to think is that we haven't done any planning, and it has really destroyed the relationship that we have built for so many years. And with that, we'll take a break. Welcome to Money Sense. I'm Karen Ellenbecker. I'm the founder and senior wealth advisor for the Ellenbecker Investment Group. And as you um, listen to my show for so many years, you know that financial planning, estate planning, um, they all go hand in hand. And one of the things that has been really important when we sit down with clients and we feel is the foundation is that our clients really do have a solid um, estate plan. And once we get that estate plan in place, and we know what you want, we know what your desires are, we can then help you to determine how to do your financial plan. And so I've invited a guest today, David Eady. He is a author. He's written a wonderful book. He is also a speaker and a certified executor and an advisor. And he really does have an important message today for you for me um, as to the importance and how to get started with um, putting an estate plan in place. So David, I'm going to let you just kind of talk to my listeners about those first steps. And as you and I both know, it's a hurdle because nobody wants to talk about dying. And even our kids don't want us to talk about dying. But the truth of it is, you know, it's something that we all have in common. And planning for it is really important. Yeah, well, it comes down to the conversations. Um, like you said, 
I always say intensive care is no place to find out that your mom or dad doesn't have a will or healthcare directives. And you can't have a meaningful conversation when someone's on a ventilator. So now's the time to make sure that you have in place, have the conversations and start to put your, your estate plan in place along with your healthcare directives. And a lot of people will say, well, like you had said at the top of the show, a lot of people say, well, I don't have a lot of, of assets. Well, uh, you know, that's only for rich people. Well, that's not true. If you've got a home, you've got or, or even some investments, a bank account, you have an estate right there. And if you don't put the proper um, plans in place and have a plan, you're actually inviting the government to be your executor. And I don't think anybody wants to do that, especially if you have young children, because now the government will be look after the, your, your children and not work on based on what you would really want. So you want to have an estate plan. So you need to get yourself organized and go seek out a, a lawyer who is good in estate planning. You know, talk to people who have uh, worked with individuals, um, see who who's, uh, would be a good referral to be referred to them and, and go prepared. The other thing is you also have to have a conversation with a uh, who you would choose as your executor. And the executor, you're asking them to take on a, uh, it's a big favor that you're asking them to do. Because on average, uh, you're asking an executor, an individual, once you're, you're gone, to spend at least 100 hours and 18 to 24 months. And you know, since pandemic, it could be even longer to settle your estate. And during that time, they're going to have to deal with you know, the lawyers, the tax department. Um, and then on top of that, which is probably the most unpleasant part of the job, is beneficiaries um, who are going to make their job, could make their job a living hell. So you have to think twice of who you're going to ask as you, to be your executor. I think also, um, I still remember with the powers of attorney for healthcare, and they are so important. So what we're talking about today is powers of attorney for healthcare, powers of attorney for finances, um, a will, and for some people, they may choose to have a revocable living trust. But I think the most important thing is to realize that everybody needs a power of attorney for health care and a power of attorney for finances if they're over 18 years old. And I remember saying to my mom, when I got into this business, you know, mom and dad, you need to have an estate planning, you have to have powers of attorney, because you can't, you know, you can't do anything with dad. Um, if he gets sick, and she says, I can do anything I want with your dad, I've been married to him for 40 years. And I said, legally, you can't. I mean, and, you know, and if you have a child who's over 18 years old, um, the hospital is going to send you the bill, but they're not going to ask you to give them any directives. Um, once you turn 18, um, you do not have the say over your children or your spouse. And so, you know, there's a whole group of um, estate planning documents that everybody really needs to take care of, needs to have, and needs to constantly update and make sure if things are changing in your life, that you're changing your documents. Absolutely. And another thing that people don't think about is your digital assets. People yes. don't think about what's going to happen. You know, most people um, will have one email address, but that one email address probably will be about uh, 130, as the uh, research has shown, 130 digital identities, which means Netflix, Amazon, Facebook, all of those things. You need to make sure that's part of your plan. Your executor knows where your digital assets are. Um, because, you know, uh, if something was to happen, you pass away, you know, your Netflix, uh, Amazon, Facebook, all those social media uh, 
entities still carry on because they don't know you've passed away, right? If you have payments going through, so your logins and passwords have to be part of that, I say in the book, a huge brightly colored envelope, which is going to <laughs> be found because when there's trauma, people can't find things when they're in trauma. So if you say, you know what, if something was to happen, I, I pass away, my will, my healthcare directives, all of those things are in that bright red envelope. And you should be able to find that in a in a in the filing cabinet or somewhere where it can be found easily. And along with that should have your logins and your passwords also in that bright red envelope. That is such a good, such a good recommendation because we're constantly changing our passwords and you can't get into anything. You can't get into a phone. You can't get into anything without those passwords. And then it really becomes um, a hassle for individuals to do anything on your behalf. Let's talk a little bit about the things that people have to consider. So when somebody passes away or even if they are um, incapacitated, when something happens and you can't make decisions on your own part, the power of attorney for finances steps in place and will help you until you do pass away. And that person has a pretty big job. They got to keep your, your life going. But I think the one thing that's most important to consider is, um, is that person trustworthy? Did you name the person that really is going to take care of you? Because those are very powerful documents. Yeah, it, but exactly. You're, you're, that's why I say it's it's the biggest favor that you're going to ask of someone, someone who's going to handle those healthcare directives or the power of attorneys, but also the person who's going to settle the estate as the executor. Um, so that's why I've got in the book, 10 things you need to prepare to be asked when planning your estate. You know, who's your executor? If you have minor children, who would want as your guardian, as their guardian? Who are the beneficiaries? How do you want your estate distributed among them? Who will be your patient advocate to make medical decisions? Are there any charitable bequests you would like? Are there any special personal property items, such as a car, jewelry, artwork? If you have any pets, another important thing uh, people don't think about, in the eyes of uh, the law, pets are not family members. They're seen as property. And a lot of executors don't know what to do. There's no um, uh, direction of what to do with the family pets. A lot of times they either put into the pound or you know after someone's either sick or or passed away no one looks after the pets you know they could be in the house by themselves haven't been fed for a couple of days or something like that so you'd want to have that in your estate plan as well what happens to the pets if you have a business how would you like that to be wound up do you want to keep it in the family have an employee look at uh, take it over or do you want to sell it Again, as business owners, you need to have a succession plan off to the side of your estate plan. How do you want your business to go through, especially if the business is what brings in money and keeps the family uh, roof over the family's head, if that's where the main income is coming from, from the business. And if you've got any information regarding your assets, it's really necessary to have complete uh, state balances, pretty much your net worth statement to give them a, a starting point of um, that the lawyer can have to put together your estate plan. So you, you want to go prepared, but the important thing is that you start the process. And once you've got the estate plan in place, as I said before, you want to have those conversations. Conversations matter. Um, you know, don't fool yourself in thinking, oh, you have no idea how my family's going to, uh, my family is great, but you have no idea how they're going to behave when you're gone. 
and I like to say, you really don't know about anybody until you have to share an inheritance with them. And <laughs> that's where the problem can lie. So when we resist and ignore the one guarantee in life, um, we put our family in danger. And that's what you want to stay away from. You want to leave that legacy, not a legacy and a mess. My guest today is David Eady. He is an author. He's a speaker. He is here today talking to us about the importance of putting an estate plan in place. And I think once again, you know, sitting down, talking to someone that you trust, and we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, let's, let's talk about some of the other situations, David, that both you and I have experienced, where people really either have put a plan in place that is no longer effective. You've got divorce, we got remarriage, you've got, you know, we've got so many blended families right now. Um, we've got children from other marriages and how do you want to handle all that? And I know that sometimes people think of it like, oh my God, that's a closet. I just want to keep the door shut. But, you know, just like any, anything else, you know, when you decide you're finally going to clean out that closet, you got to take everything out, creates a mess maybe, but you put back the things that are important to you and you can resolve the things that maybe you're afraid of. And as you said, David, conversations are so important. And with that, we will be right back. Welcome to Money Sense. I'm Karen Ellenbecker, founder and senior wealth advisor for the Ellenbecker Investment Group. And when we as advisors sit down with our clients, we always ask about the estate plan and we help people to really take a look at what is what is really important to them and what do they want to do? We're going to help them to create all this wealth. Well, where do you want it to go? What, what do you want to happen? And I think as my guest today um, had mentioned, one of the most important things is conversations. And when we sit down and we talk to our, our family members and when we talk to our beneficiaries and our children, we get to find out a little bit more about what their expectations are. One of the things that I've noticed through my time working with clients and working with their children is, Kids keep track of who gets what, even if you think that everything is equal in your family and they just somehow have this little automatic calculator that, you know, that calculates who gets what. And those are the types of things that really can cause problems within a family. My guest today is David Eady. He is um, talks about leaving a legacy, not leaving a mess. As I said earlier, he's an author and he's a speaker and he um, really helps to identify the things that are really hurdles within a family at the time of someone passing. So David, I know that you've seen lots of different things and I've seen things in families and it's absolutely amazing um, what kids will fight over. I mean, you know, when you have an estate plan, it's actually pretty simplified because it's pretty cut and dry what it is. Um, but you have all this other stuff like jewelry and boats and, you know, things that are very personal to you. And so it's not just about the money. It's not just about the house. It's, it's about everything. And I don't think that people realize that when someone passes away and if your house is sold, every little single item, including every spoon, fork and knife goes somewhere. And these are the types of things that I think can really cause issues within a family. That's where you want to make sure that you, you've had the conversations. The main conversation was the executor. You have to prepare them, but you also have to prepare your family. Again, they may not like what they hear, but 
it's your choice of where you, you know how you want your your legacy to be divided up. When I was doing the research for the book, uh, I was talking to a mediator, and he says before there used to be problems with uh, children fighting over the estate when the parents are gone, and now what's common is they're fighting over the estate while the parents are alive, and they're they seem to want to argue about there's a sense of entitlement, um, and uh, and that's. In my book, uh, a friend of mine, Cindy Arledge, who does uh, legacy family planning, she calls out the curse of inheritance. And that will eat away at a family because people who are in- inheritors or beneficiaries, they see that as money coming to them. And people who are leaving the money behind as a legacy, they're leaving it to help other people. And for a lot of people, the inheritance is their one way to you know, whatever financial wrongs they might have done in their life so far, this is going to wipe it out. It's like their one lottery ticket, or they feel entitled to more than they should have. In my case, we were three children. It's supposed to be split three ways, but apparently fair is not equal for one of my siblings. And that's why we ended up in court for for seven years. And it, spent, and it cost me $50,000. But I know what my parents wanted. And when I talked about those three families before, they have the, the paperwork in place, but they never had the conversations. If anything, as much as I miss my parents, the one thing they didn't do is they didn't have the conversation with all three of us. Now, as, a, as an advisor, they were in my, my office and they um, had their will done. And again, that's a little bit on my, on my part. Usually when uh, with the lawyer in my office, I will sit down with the client and help them if there's conversations and I'll, but when it came to my parents as a child, I didn't look at them as, as clients. I looked at them as my parents and I wasn't actually in the room when they were doing their will. My other sister was in there. So two of us knew what was in the will and we always assumed that it should just, you know, pass along easily. But when my mom passed away and then a year later, my dad was gone, both to cancer, the, the, the one sibling, uh, she wouldn't have it. She wanted more. She believed that she was entitled to more. And that's where we have the problem. So even though we might be adults, the childhood problems we might have with each other, um, let me put it this way. Every family has issues. No family is perfect, <laughs> but all families start out with the illusion of perfection. But when it comes to an estate, you might see people in a different light that you never thought you would see them. And you have to understand that. And a lot of that could have been alleviated. I'll take my case uh, in point is if my mom and dad would have sat down and told us, this is the way we want things to be split three ways. And we don't want any disagreements. I, I, I don't know if you ever watched a TV show. Uh, this is us. Yes. Okay. So you, you know, Rebecca is now going through dementia, but a couple of weeks ago, she had a, a family meeting at Thanksgiving. And, you know, they had their regular family drama. And then after the meal, even though there was family drama, she says, I want to talk to you kids. And she went through what she wanted. She says, my, the husband, Miguel, is going to be the one in charge. I don't want to hear any arguments. I don't want any disagreements. And everybody went, yes. Did you remember seeing that? Yes. And then she turned to them and she says, if Miguel is not here, I picked one of the others. And if you notice, they took a shot of all three. And she says, I chose Kate. And the other two, the two sons, their faces changed. 
because they thought it should have been them. But at least she said at the end, this is what I want. This is, I don't want to hear any disagreements. And, and, and the scene ended with, does everybody understand? Yes, ma'am. And they all went, yes, ma'am. And that's exactly how a family conversation should go. She explained what she wanted. I told you up front, first, it's going to be my, my second husband. And then it's going to be your sister who's going to be in charge. And we move on from there. And I, I think with my mom and dad, they should have done the same thing. And I think that's what families need to do is have those conversations. Don't be afraid of this situation happening because it's going to happen to all of us. And don't ignore it. And keep your family from disintegrating. We don't own the assets that my parents owned anymore. And since 2020, 2010, the three of us haven't spent a holiday together. So, yeah, you know, those are hard things. And you talk about finding out something prior to the death of a parent. And I remember we always had Easter at my mother's house. And she was one of these people who had the fancy china and the fancy crystal and um, the olden days, you know, we don't do that anymore. And I'm following my mother. Um, She's putting ice in these big goblets. And I'm following my mother with a pitcher of water. And I said, you know, mom, I said, it's going to be so nice one day to have these goblets. Because when I was getting married, she said, don't buy those because you're going to get mine. And so I was disappointed at the time that I couldn't have these goblets as on my wedding registry. And she looked at me and she said, oh, no, I gave them to Linda. She said, you can afford to buy your own. And honestly, my heart sank. Now, here's the other thing. I didn't even want them. I'm not going to wash all those big high <laughs> glasses. You know, they don't go to dishwasher. But I was so shocked. And um, I've been able to resolve that. But truly, if that had happened after my mother's death, and I would have said to my sister, but my mom promised him to me. And it would have been a real issue. And it's those simple little things. Have you seen on TV that commercial where um, the mother gives each one of the kids the family recipe and they all think they're the only ones that have it? (laughs) I mean, it's those things that really can um, cause such an upset. And as you said, you know, I'm really close to my sister. We laugh about it now. But at that time, it would have been funny. And it wouldn't have been funny upon my mother's death. Yeah. It's funny you should say that because I had a, a friend of mine when the book came out, I gave him the and he came to me and he said, you know what? And he's well off as well. But he said when his mother passed away, they had uh, Royal Dalton China and it was always understood that his mother told his wife that you're going to get that Royal Dalton China. They don't need the China, just like you didn't need the goblets, <laughs> the Royal Dalton China, the brother, same. Uh, so when the mother passes away, they're cleaning the house up and stuff like that. The wife goes and takes the china. The brother comes to his brother and says, I want that china. I want that china to go to my to my daughter, which would be his niece. And he says, well, no, mom. He goes, go over and discuss it with my wife. He goes over, discusses with the wife. He comes back. I'm not going to use the language. He says, keep the so-and-so china. <laughs> and for 10 years, they haven't spoken because of the real adult in China. Yes. And, you know, those are the things that the whole the China was the was the thing that was consistent on the table It was the thing where mom's mashed potatoes or whatever. And so yeah. it was a beautiful, warm thing that now doesn't no one's going to enjoy it. Yeah. And those and, are the and, things, those misunderstandings that a simple estate plan 
and a family conversation could eliminate. Yeah, it's it, it's also like the other TV show. It, it's funny a lot of times as the show's coming out, and I look at them differently. You, if you look at the TV show Succession now, what is that about? It's about a guy who's powerful, has a business, and he clearly can't retire because he's got three knucklehead kids who haven't done anything in life, and they're just waiting for him to die, and they're they're fighting, fighting, fighting all the time. But he hasn't had the conversation with saying, "This is what I want. If something was to happen to me." I'm going to, I want, you know, this son or this daughter to run the business. Um, it's, it comes down to conversations. Again, families would rather, you know, we get together at Christmas, we get together at Thanksgiving, oh, we laugh and oh, and there's that underlying current of something can happen. It doesn't take much. Maybe we know there's a problem with a sibling, but you know what? It's at Christmas, but if something big is going to happen in the family, then we might see the knives come out, especially when it's an estate, because they're going to bring back uh, things that happened. Uh, one of the mediators was telling me that he, he was had a case where two wealthy families and two brothers, and they, he thought they were about to have a, a settlement. And he says, I'm not going to, the one brother says, I, I can't settle with that guy. He's a thief. And he's saying, what do you talk? What do you mean he's a thief? He goes, when he was 11 years old, he stole a chocolate bar and I can't trust him. He is a thief. I will never settle with him. And they spent close to $250,000 fighting over a, an estate. And because this guy, the one brother held a grudge knowing about, you know, a 11 year old. So that's crazy. I keep it, getting, happens. It, happens. it happens. It happens. Absolutely. Absolutely. It happens. And you know what? I think as parents, we do know that there's a discontent between our children. We just don't wanna often deal with it. But you know, you can have a conversation and sit down with your children and you can talk about what you want. You can talk about how you want someone to act and what role you want them. And you don't have to tell them how much money you have. It isn't important that they know how much you have. It's important that they know what you want to do with what you have. My guest today is David Eady. He is a author. He is a speaker. He is talking to us today. Um, he's also a certified executor and an advisor. And he's talking to us today about his own story and about the importance of putting an estate plan in place. And with that, we will be right back. Welcome to Money Sense. I'm Karen Ellenbeck. I'm the founder and senior wealth advisor for the Ellenbecker Investment Group. If you would like to know more about my company, you can go to ellenbecker.com. You can give us a call at 262-691-3200. We haven't talked um, really about a selection of an attorney or of different partners, but it's really important as both David and I said earlier, that part of your legacy is the advisors that you leave for your children to work with. They're automatically gonna assume that you had the best. So they're gonna try it and work with them and take advice from them. So you wanna make sure that they're the right people. We at Ellen Becker Investment Group have several attorneys that we can recommend and that we work with, um, accountants um, and people who can really be your team not only while you're alive, but your team um, at your death. My guest today is David Eady, and we've been talking about the importance of 
an estate plan and he has really um, been very transparent and talked about his family and what kind of went wrong and how it really stimulated him to really try to help other people and to understand by writing a book. David, do you want to give um, your book out again and how they can acquire it? And you have a website that is also very helpful. Yep. The book's called Executor Help, How to Settle an Estate, Pick an Executor and Avoid Family Fights. It's available at all online retailers, Amazon, Barnes & Noble. Um, but you can go to my website. I've got a lot of free resources, executor, checklists. Um, if you go to davidedy.com, you can buy the book there. Um, and you can also download some free resources. And there's also a quiz. You know, what kind of family are you? Are you the family who doesn't talk? Are you the family who wants the paperwork to do the talking for them? Or are you the family that's going to have conversations? So you can take the quiz and find out where you stand and then what you need to do to move forward. And your last name is, it's David and it's E-D-E-Y. Yeah, davidedy.com. And so David, give us a little bit of an insight. So um, for the people listening, you know, we've had this COVID thing and so many people have died and unexpectedly, and I'm guessing based on your statistics, a lot of them didn't have an estate plan in place. And yet somebody had to step in and, and, and take care of it. And so we've, many of us, if not facing it ourselves, we know someone who's been in that situation and what happens. So somebody dies and first of all, somebody has to make a decision as to where that body goes. I mean, that's one of the first things that people have to do. And then after um, the funeral, you know, someone's got to step in and help them with all of the things that they own, all of their insurance, their, their plans at their company, if they're retired, if they have a 401k or an IRA, or if they have life insurance, if they have a house that's got to be sold. Somebody has to do all that. Yes. Are we assuming that they have a will? What happens? That's exactly right. So if all of those things that you have to do have to have to take place. Um, if there's no will, dying intestate, then we're, it's going to take a lot longer and the government will be involved. And then someone's going to have to go to court so that they can become the administrator or the executor. But if you have a will and by listening to you or coming to you, they're going to get organized so that they're going to have a will. Um, then the only thing is to pick an executor. And as an executor, um, you know, there's no formal training for this. It's the biggest job that a lot of people will have to go through. Um, like I said before, it's the biggest favor you're asking someone to do to give up, you know, at least 100 hours and, you know, 18 to 24 months of their time to settle your estate. But as an executor, you have three goals. You want to pay the right amount of taxes. You want to make sure that you pay out to the beneficiaries and you want to make sure that you close the estate. That's all you want to do. But to do those three things, you need to make sure that you do the job right the first time. And that's where there's a lot of, you know, a lot of stress that the job isn't done the right way. You haven't filed the right tax returns or paid the right amount of taxes. You're going to have to be responsible for all of those things. And then you need to get um, a judgment from the probate court. And then you also have to stay in contact with the, with the beneficiaries. That's another issue that could come up all the time. Beneficiaries only see you as someone who's standing in the way of them getting their check. And 
you have to you know, help them understand that there's a lot of work involved. So your silence as an executor doesn't help your case. So you need to keep them abreast of what's going on through a Zoom meeting or an email every one to two weeks so that they don't think that something nefarious is going on because it doesn't take much for a beneficiary to look at you sideways and want to sue you saying that you're not administering the estate properly. So you want to keep in communication and make sure that you organize yourself so that um, you stay away from any litigation. And then what you need to do is um, create an initial team of professionals, which is, in, which is going to include a, a lawyer. You need to find an accountant and an accountant that you're comfortable working with because they're going to be doing the taxes. But also from time to time, they have to be willing to talk with the beneficiaries if necessary. Um, you need to gather up all the financial information for the accountant uh, so they can complete the tax returns professionally. And then you also need to find a, a good financial advisor to help you manage the assets and until they're distributed and get you organized. And, and so how this is going to help you is that you've got a reliable prof professional that you can not only you know, do the tax returns, speak to the beneficiaries, but you also has your voice when speaking with the government on all tax matters that are related to the estate. And I want to mention one other thing that if you have children, it's so important to have a will and to designate the person that you would want to raise your children if you have children. You know, we never feel that there's anyone that's going to do a greater job than we can do. But you know, it's really important to think about if you have life insurance and to make sure that you protect that life insurance for those children and that you've chosen someone that you want to raise your children rather than letting it up to the court system to decide who's going to raise your children. And I think a lot of parents don't realize the importance of that. And, you know, it's something that we never think that we're going to pass away. But the truth of it is that things happen. They happen unexpectedly. And as you mentioned earlier, somebody's on a ventilator or someone's in a hospital, it's too late. It's too late to, um, or incompetent to actually do that. My guest today is David Eady. He is an author, he is a speaker. Um, David, you wanna say your book again and where they can reach you. And I do wanna mention one of the things that David said earlier, make a list of your passwords and your logins because even if you get in a car accident, you can't do anything, your mortgage has gotta be paid. Somebody's gotta be able to step in and do that for you. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so first thing, book is called Executor Help, How to Settle an Estate, Pick an Executor and Avoid Family Fights. Um, you can, it's available at all retailers. And, but you can go to my website, davidedy.com, www.davidedy.com. And on there, you're going to find free resources, uh, checklists, what you need to do as an executor. You're also going to find a quiz, uh, what kind of family, how to have those conversations, and how to buy the book. David, I want to thank you so much for being my guest. And as always, I hope that I've made a difference in your personal and your financial well-being. Remember, before we plan, before we advise, before we invest, we always listen.